welcome into the Render Podcast. I am Cam and I'm here with Kaylee and Brooke. Hello. We're going to be talking all about the state of events. What are things happening? What are we seeing happen with our clients and clients all over the world? And so we're just going to dive in into what that looks like and what we're kind of seeing coming down the pipeline as far as events go. Hey there, you're listening to the Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients through mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. so excited that we're talking about this because I probably get this question from our clients if not once a day like five times a week and so I feel like if our clients are asking it repetitively your clients are probably asking you or you're asking Google what's happening and it can be confusing kind of like looking into where we're headed. So what kind of questions just to start out are you hearing our clients ask because they're probably similar to yeah. our online listeners. I'm hearing a lot of, of our corporate clients who are not necessarily in the Dallas market asking us, hey, like, how is it going in Dallas? What are the restrictions? Are people booking events? Are people hosting events? Like, are people attending events? And as someone who is working with a lot of different clients, I have the ability to answer those questions for our clients um, and kind of redirect them to confidence instead of fear of like, I don't know if I'm making a good decision by hosting this event. Mm -hmm. That's a common question. Another one is what's your COVID policy Um, with the Delta variant rising? Like, what does that look like if I book? And so um, we're going to kind of run through a lot of those questions in this episode, but we're also going to talk through kind of what we're seeing, not just in our market, but also what we're seeing multiple markets, but we're really going to rely heavily on our market and our experience because by no means we are not experts in COVID. Like we don't call us for (laughs) restrictions or anything because we are just trying to figure it out like you are. And so we just want to preface that again, we are not experts in COVID. We are experts in the event industry. And so we are just going to kind of share what we're learning what we're working through and how we're kind of navigating this season, this long season. Long season. <laughs> Yet it is a season. Yes. It will, it will be over. Be a new normal. Soon. Yeah. We'll be better for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start off with some common event themes that we have seen so far. So we've been seeing some large scale corporate events being canceled. Not all of them. We have also seen a lot of corporate events continuing to go on. We recently did a corporate event for Michelob Ultra and they had it all outdoors. So that's definitely an option for corporate. Yeah. And I think what is really cool about, I mean, we saw at the very beginning of the pandemic, like pretty much all of our corporate clients hit the brakes. Like, whoa, we don't want to be liable for any of this. Like, we don't know what we're going to do. Really all events, weddings too, and social. Everyone was pumping the brakes. If you were a bride in 2020, you 
know that full well. Yeah, yeah. Like you just didn't know what to do, right. which fortunately we're kind of getting into a season where a lot of there's more expectations on restrictions and how to how to navigate like you know a contingency plan and all of that but i think what's really encouraging from for me and i think for a lot of our clients is a lot of things are opening back up i mean like college football started last week and there were packed fans you know all all the stands were full acl is happening in two weeks um Lollapalooza got canceled but not because of COVID it got canceled because of weather and so um a lot it's been of a while since we've heard of weather cancellation yeah. yeah I know there's a lot of things that are happening and I get the headlines and it's like cancellation not because of COVID right and I actually saw something online the other day um from a website the vendory was putting it out they basically said that they found this statistic that it's actually safer for you to go to live events than it is to shop so we're going to link that article in the show notes so that you can read up on it. But I found that very interesting. I was like, okay, again, there's a lot of different ranges on where you can fall, but people are, people are moving and shaking again. Yeah. That was another thing that we had was brand activations are really hot in our market. Yes. Nickelodeon Ultra is considered a brand activation. So, I mean, those are a small scale and large scale, but those are doing really well in Dallas. Yeah, and just to remind our listeners what a brand activation yes. it is, it can be, like you said, it can be a small scale, intimate gathering of influencers and like specific targeted audience for a brand, um, but it is going to be more of an experience. It's going to have a lot of different impactful brand elements. And so it's not, it doesn't fall under like a conference or like a social gathering it is truly a brand activation. So a brand is activating their brand in a live in-person event for people to come and interact with their brand. And that could be They're for their, favorite, the their brand, or it could be for a new product that that brand yeah. is rolling Launching. out. Yeah. A whole lot of different things that you can do within brand activations. Yeah. But they are a lo- like They're fun. Hot. Really hot. Yeah. They're hot. Think right like now. Instagrammable moments. Like how can you get your influencers or celebrities or whoever is there to Instagram about it, share with their friends. That's what a brand activation is. Yeah. So for rentals, it's great. Absolutely. And it's definitely a marketing effort for a brand. It has become a line item for Mm -hmm. a lot of marketing budgets. Instead of doing like a mailer or sending out a catalog, they're Mm -hmm. doing these activations and they're seeing a lot of success with them. So they're separate from their events budget. So they still have events budgets to host their events, but this is a marketing budget spend. So when it comes to corporate, you're not taking away from their annual events budget, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Over the last two years, I feel like everyone has relied on online marketing to Mm -hmm. get their brand out there. And it makes perfect sense why people are still wanting to keep up with the brand activations because everyone's online. Yeah. They're not there in person. They're online. (laughs) So um, weddings are still happening. They're just some are at a smaller capacity. We've seen tons of brides that do the little drive-bys or um, we've had brides that zoom in, have some family zoom in. But I think for the most part, weddings are getting kind of back to mm-hmm. their regular scale. Cam had a um, sister-in-law. Yeah, sister-in-law, sister-in-law brother. Married. Yeah, and they have 300 people at the wedding. Yeah. So. There's still, weddings are still happening mm-hmm. as they used to happen. And there are some smaller options that we didn't really consider pre-COVID. Yeah, yep. for sure. 
mini monies, I think they call them. Yes. A mini money. Yeah. Cute. It's so cute. <laughs> like, it's so intimate and thoughtful. I, I yeah. love them. Yeah. So large events are still not at the capacity that they were at in 2019, um, and they may not be again until 2023. So this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but some research that I found said that when we say large events, I think we're talking like really big. Yeah, like, like in the thousands. Thousands range might not come back till 2023, but like you said, football games are happening. So yeah, that could be, you know. We don't know. I think no <laughs> Again, we're not the experts here. <laughs> Things could open up 100% everywhere tomorrow. I mean, we don't know. So right. yeah. this is just what we're seeing. Yeah. And I think I've seen a lot of, I think the more other industries are moving back into normalcy of like football and entertainment and all of this, like we're going to see the event industry kind of model mm-hmm. because we are kind of like, we are the source for in-person gatherings and connection and getting all of that together. And people miss that. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you are still super nervous about COVID or not, like you miss human connection. And so I've seen a lot of large scale um, conferences and like Broadway, for example, they, a lot of, I think in New York, they're requiring that you show your vaccine card and you also have to wear a mask the whole time. And so a lot of companies are implementing these policies of like vaccine, or if you're not vaccinated to get a test to come, like prove that you can come. Right. Um, so there's a lot of workarounds for kind of getting people back in person. Right. And so I think the more that we see other industries doing that, the more we're going to see corporate clients kind of moving back into setting some normalcies with conferences mm-hmm. and those big parties and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd rather them be happening and have some restrictions to be able to attend sure. than not happening at all. For sure. Right. That's definitely a positive for <laughs> our, our industry. Um, and then lastly, this is a pretty obvious one, but some events that we have been seeing are virtual events. You've probably seen a conference that used to be in person and now it's online. So that's been a big theme. And then also hybrid events. We've heard that that might become kind of the new normal for some states. And basically what a hybrid event is, is an in-person gathering where they offer a virtual option. So if you're not comfortable coming in person, you can see the event online. Mm -hmm. But overall, that's kind of the common themes that we've seen in the industry. So a question I want to ask you guys, how has the pandemic affected our in-person event strategy? So what are we doing as a company kind of moving forward? Yeah. I'll talk about as far as our team goes and how we handle not only our our people, but also our product as well. Um, We have, and it's kind of always been a rule before COVID is if you're not feeling good, stay home until you're feeling good. Um, now we are we are wanting you to get a COVID test just to make sure. Um, we know that not all sickness is just COVID related. There's a lot of other sickness out there. And so regardless, if you're not feeling great, don't come into the office, work from home. Um, we just don't want someone, whether you have COVID or flu or food poisoning or you know whatever you have, we just wanna be sure that we're protecting our team. Yeah. So that's how we're protecting our team. Um, We do require that our team on-site at events, especially indoor events, are wearing masks just to stay above reproach. Um, We don't know what sicknesses are out there, whether it's COVID or not. And so we want to just make sure that in a pandemic that we're in right now, that we're just being safe and keeping other people safe too, other vendors, other guests. um, If we're going to a hotel, they're hotel guests and hotel 
um, staff that are that are there as well. And so we just want to be safe for all everyone. Yeah, and I think it also just reassures our clients right. that hey, we wherever you're at on this whole mask thing, we mm-hmm. just want to be sure that you know that we are being right. cautious and we are being attentive to the situation and exactly. we want to show them up front that hey like we're taking care of we're taking care of you by wearing this we're taking care mm-hmm. of our team um and again like you said being above reproach right. but really it's for our clients and it's for our team exactly and here at the office we uh, it's recommended that you wear a mask it's not required and so we want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable where they're at. Yeah. Um, we also, if you listened to our episode last week, we talked about work from home strategies and how we're doing that in person and in our own team. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. And then as far as our inventory, I think it's a good practice anyways to just get into the, the habit of cleaning your inventory after your events. Um, we're using Lysol, for example, for all of our fabric. And so you might have someone who has a cold even. And they're sitting on your sofa and they're coughing on it while you're getting some germs on that. And so just Lysoling that down. And then any surfaces that we have, whether it's side tables or coffee tables or dining tables or really any surface that we have that's not fabric, we're using Clorox wipes to just wipe that down. Um, Regardless, there's probably at least drink cup rings or there's crumbs or food or something on those tables. So they need to be cleaned anyways. Um, but also implementing that into your fabric as well is really important. Yeah. There's one good thing that happened from COVID. It is that everywhere keeps their things clean. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of things. It may not have been as big of a priority before COVID, but now it's just a part of our routine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say as far as the pandemic and shifting our in-person and event strategies, I mean, this was a lot of conversations that we had to have like months of just, okay, we made this decision. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. How are we Things, still have, changed. Things have changed <laughs> yeah. now. Where are we at? And so right. we had to learn to like get really good at being on our toes, being confident with our clients, but also being okay with saying like, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up. Let me like internally discuss with our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me get back to you because there was a lot of things that we just did not know or the everything was changing so rapidly that we would have a stance and then it didn't work the next day or it just wasn't valid right. anymore. And so we had to get really good at pivoting, adapting, <laughs> adapting and pivoting. Yes. And I think with that, our, our clients really appreciated how we were really authentic with mm-hmm. them. We were confident in that we were going to get them an answer. We were going to um, get them the best solution that we could mm-hmm. and just be very real. Because listening to your government um, rules is important too, especially when it comes to the legal stance of things. There's a lot of places that legally you have to abide by certain rules. And so Um, whether you have a stance on something or not, it's just important, especially as a business to listen to your government agencies, because it could result in fines. It could result in you having to shut your business down. And we would hate that for you. And so no matter what, I feel a certain way about the certain things and everybody on this team feels a certain way about things. But regardless, it is important to listen to the authorities on certain things, whether you agree with them or not. Um, And so being you know, if you're on social media, you probably are going to hear about it pretty quickly. Um, but otherwise, even just taking a look once a week or so at your local authorities, is just a really good thing to keep in mind. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm listening to your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, your clients probably have a different opinion too. And that's okay. Um, but just again, just like listening and maybe don't change your policies because you can't change your policies for everyone, but you have a listening ear mm-hmm. and you're compassionate and you're like, I understand that this is hard. It's hard for me too, <laughs> but like, how can we come together and mm-hmm. find a solution that yeah. works, you know? Exactly. Um, as far as events go, like I said, we have to get really good at being creative, mm-hmm. like pushing the envelope on creativity especially in the height of stay-at-home orders and um, cancellations. And so we had to find new ways to grow our business and do events in a new way. And so we tried to be leaders at figuring out what's going to be next Mm -hmm. and pushing the envelope. And then also you have to be really good at thinking tactically and finding solutions for your clients that are tactical and creative Um, because they want to know that you have solutions too. Like they're not the only ones that are just Mm -hmm. like stuck out there trying to figure out what, you know, to do. Yeah. Or at least give them an option, something that they may not have thought about yet. Yeah. One thing that you had mentioned earlier was um, hybrid events and I found it interesting. I was doing a survey actually from the vendor, like I said earlier, and they kind of had questions that you answered about what 2022 is going to look like. One of the questions that they asked was basically like, what kind of offerings or features are you going to be considering for your remote attendees that are attending those hybrid events? And I wanted to read off some of the options because since we're event rentals and we're more of on the design side we don't normally work with our corporate clients um, or our wedding clients to work with planning the logistics are not something that we're typically a part of but we also get asked questions and so we like to be a resource for our clients so some of the options that they um, listed were offering live streaming of the main event which is pretty normal like we've seen that a lot um, with hybrid events and just also just virtual events totally they've also are offering um a video replay so that's something if you're a planner to consider kind of integrating where you stream everything if you don't have the capacity to stream a live event you could offer a replay i really like this one offering exclusive content and experiences for remote attendees and so sending them some sort of way where they feel like oh like i am still very much a part of the in-person event but i'm doing it from home or safely mm-hmm. or whatever um they also said offering remote q and a's for guests and so maybe you have a group if you're doing a conference maybe you're offering some of your speakers can do q and a's um and then another one is um, remote friendly networking and connection and when we were going through planning Rental Biz Summit, when we were thinking about doing it virtually, this was something that we were heavily considering because the real heart behind Rental Biz Summit was the connection piece and getting people together. And so we were trying to find ways of how can we do that online? Um, and so there's a lot of really cool ways to do that. I think you mentioned Slack yeah. and having like a Slack. Do you want to talk about that? That was cool. Yeah. So I went to a conference, a virtual conference with Create and Cultivate, and they had a Slack channel for all the attendees. And it was really cool because they had, I don't know if you're familiar with Slack, but within Slack, you could create a whole bunch of different channels that are basically different topics. And so within the um like overall Slack channel, they had all these different topics that 
attendees could be in. And so one was like content creation or something like that. And so you could go in there and introduce yourself and kind of connect with some of the other people that were attending um, the summit. And it was really cool to be a part of that. Hey, rental pros, quick break from the episode to tell you about our free rental masterclass. Kim is going to be teaching you all about starting the business of your dreams, growing your inventory, booking clients, your business needs, and pricing so that you can build your business and plan for the future. Sign up, start next week. You guys don't want to miss this valuable class. Head to our Instagram at therender.co and turn on your post notifications so you can be the first to sign up for this valuable masterclass. We'll see you there. You are also seeing very large scale weddings and smaller mini monies, like we mentioned earlier. But there is like for we mentioned my brother got married. They had like my grandma lives in Missouri and she didn't want to travel for it because of COVID and such. And so um, I believe we did like a Facebook live or something for the ceremony. And so there's ways that you don't necessarily have to bring in a whole nother vendor to be able to stream certain things. But even just having a relative or some family friend just hopping on Facebook Live or uh, FaceTime or things like that. But I have seen other people who will bring in a streaming company that will stream mm-hmm. um, at least the ceremony because that is a really important part. It's kind of the whole reason why you're having a wedding is yeah. for the ceremony. Yeah, um, the party. <laughs> I haven't really seen a lot of people streaming the party um, in the probably reception. probably get FOMO if you're not I there know. in person. I'd get FOMO for sure. Um, but we are seeing some of that happen here locally, but also throughout the world as well. And so you can either pay for someone to come in and do that or, um, just have a friend or a family member hop on Facebook live or FaceTime or uh, zoom or any of the streaming. Gosh, there's so many, I feel like <laughs> that you could stream through, but, um, that's an option. But, um, here in a very large Metroplex where Texas is pretty much almost open all the way. With not a lot of restrictions, yeah, we're kind of seeing the spectrum of all of it. Yeah, um, so you might be in a certain place where you're not even allowed to have more than ten person events um, at your place. I know in Canada there is a lot more restrictions on in person events than there are here in Texas, certainly. And so, um, because we have a wider view at what's going on, might be able to help you with your clients. Yeah, and like to that note, virtual events are going to remain they are even whenever mm-hmm. we get out of the pandemic they might be a little bit less than normal but they were happening before the pandemic they're gonna stay yeah um, and so it's important for you to really start to if you haven't already become an expert in that field mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is maybe not necessarily like you start a production company <laughs> and you buy all this equipment and like you're ready to go but at least do your research on Um, topics and vocabulary and just different talking points that if you get on the phone with a corporate client who's talking about their um, virtual event, you can keep up with the conversation and that you can add value to the conversation. Mm -hmm. For rental companies specifically, one thing that we had been doing before the pandemic, but really started to elevate because of the pandemic is offering styling and staging. Mm -hmm. And so I would highly, highly recommend for you to really jump into that market because there are a lot of virtual events that are snooze fests (laughs) and could use a little zhuzhing Mm -hmm. per se and could really utilize your pieces. And as the one who is offering those pieces, utilize your expertise on 
having a really nice, well-designed set. And so one of the things that we recommend our team to do, and also if you know you were to come and talk to us and ask us like, how do I do this? Is learning the ins and outs of a production. And so really understanding, okay, if there are gonna be two cameras, one camera, really studying like the frame and the shot so that you can get your design compact enough to fill the space, but also to have extra space so mm -hmm. that if the camera, you know, pivots a little bit, they're not getting just a flat wall. Mm -hmm. They're still getting aspects of the set. Whereas for majority of the filming, it's probably not going to show, but you always want to be prepared for if a director gets creative and is like, oh, I want a different angle. You know, you're ready for that. Mm -hmm. So really studying all different kinds of virtual setups. And maybe you even connect with a production studio in your local market and kind of have conversations. Take them out to coffee and ask them, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What would you recommend me really learning about the production? Or is there any feedback that you could give me about a set design or things that have worked in the past for you or pain points that have been frustrating as a production company because that'll really set you up for success. Yeah. And really thinking about the virtual option is very different from in person. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a conference stage design, when you're in person, you can set it up a certain way and it's going to look great because you can see the depth, you can see the different angle points from it. Well, in a lens of a camera, you're not seeing it from the side, you're not seeing it um, from looking down on something because you're standing, you're seeing it from one lens. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for example, we work with If Gathering and there was, um, like if we were to do it in person, we'd probably put two sofas uh, across from each other in the same angle, not out or anything like that. That's how we would do it in an in-person environment. Well, with a camera view, you're only going to see that side profile of that sofa. And so what we had to do was angle those outwards so you could actually see, one, the people who are sitting on the sofa, but also the, the details of the sofa as well. And so just thinking about that, and if your design team and your production team are on site at the same time, being able to take a glance in the camera mm -hmm. and then go make adjustments and come back to the camera, make adjustments as you go, because it just it looks so different in a camera lens than it might look even standing two inches to the side of the camera. And so really understanding that is really important when it comes to those virtual options. Yeah, for sure. And if you can't be on site at the, at the same time as your production, I would email them and ask them to tape off where they're going to have the camera so that you can have a taped off like distance mm -hmm. so that you can step back, look at that tape and say, okay, this is about the size of the camera. It's going to be this wide. I can step back and I can view it mm -hmm. from that angle if you're not necessarily there with the camera in person. Yes. Another thing while we're talking about staging and styling is, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, I remember now. Okay, another thing while we're talking about staging and styling is just remember that people are still weary of being super close to each other. And so if you're having multiple speakers, Go ahead and consider that you're going to need to add additional seating between people. Uh, I was doing helping with the design for a conference coming up and designed this super cute stage, super trendy, was super excited about it. And one of the planners had kind of mentioned, she was like, well, I think we're going to have to have a little bit more distance between 
the speakers. And with working with so many different clients, just whenever people started coming back with events, I just kind of got into my rhythm of this is how the conference is going to go. This is what it's going to look like and kind of pulled back to 2019. And I realized, oh yeah, we're still in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic and people still need space. And so thinking through whether it's a set design for a virtual event or if it's an in-person, there's likely still, we are all kind of conditioned now to automatically add a buffer. Yeah. So just go ahead and build that into your design. And if you get on site and you have a conversation with the planner, or if you are the planner and someone says, Hey, we don't need that much space, then you can adjust. Right. Um, but kind of think through all of those options. Or even has, have it as a pre-question before you put together your renderings, before you put together everything. Mm -hmm. um, ask them what their comfort level is on that stuff. Yes, that is definitely something I'm going to be asking now because I was like, oh, yes, you're right. Stools it is. Yeah, yeah. the chairs are bulky. and It's yeah. hard to fit like four chairs up on a stage if they need to be six feet yeah. apart or whatever. Right. Well, I am thinking ahead. I mean, if you are a rental company and you do a lot of stage stuff, but you're accustomed to using sofas, for your stage set designs, you might consider getting some chairs instead and thinking about the um, width of your chairs in addition to the actual chair itself and having plenty of those. So not just limiting it at two or four, but even going into the eights, tens, twelves for your um, armchairs. One last thing I wanted to touch on with virtual events, and this kind of goes less towards our rental friends, but more towards like the planners and the production teams and our clients who are hosting virtual mm -hmm. events or hybrid events. One thing that you should really be thinking about when you're producing those is accessibility and just creating an environment online that is accessible for all. And so having closed captioning, um, not only is closed captioning amazing for our friends who um, are deaf, um, but also I actually read that it can help SEO data from your videos, which is really helpful. And so um, having closed captioning, having things accessible for people who range on the disability spectrum um, is going to set you up for success. And it's just going to widen your audience and just really make your audience feel seen and heard and valued. And so that's just something that I think we're going to start seeing a lot more. Um, but it's also something to think about and to start researching so that as you start implementing that, you are set up for success. Okay. So the other thing that we want to touch on with events is your contracts being up to date. I'm going to guess that pre-March 2020, you didn't have anything in your contract that had anything to do with state of emergency, pandemic language, anything like that. And I would hope by now that you probably have something in your contract that has to do with that type of language. But if you don't, um, I would highly recommend adding it to your contract. We have a contract template that we'll link in our show notes if you want to uh, grab ours and use it. But I do have to say, anytime we talk about contracts, anytime we uh, sell our contract, is that it is a guideline to the words that you put in your contract. You do need to have someone legally in your city, not even just your state, but your city as well, that will look it over, a small business lawyer to look it over and make sure that it stands up in your city because different cities have different regulations and guidelines. And so um, I just have to be very clear, you can buy ours and it will save you a ton of money because lawyers charge hourly, it gets real expensive real fast. And so if you have a template to go off of versus starting from scratch, it's going to save you a lot of time and money on the back end. 
Um, but please make sure that your contracts are up to date. They clearly understand your cancellation policy, your rescheduling policy, um, anything that the government might put out. Highly recommend having something in your contract about that if you don't already. Yeah. And what we've done internally is kind of pulled the little snippet about COVID, anything dealing with COVID and our mm -hmm. policies from our contract and also cancellation and kind of just have it on a document that when somebody asks us, hey, what's your COVID policy? What's the cancellation policy? Instead of me having to open up our contract and scroll through, I can reference, if you take a look at section seven, eight, eight section <laughs> eight of our contract, um, you'll see that this is the verbiage and this is kind of how we're handling COVID. Uh, and that has saved a lot of time. Also, answers our client's question directly instead of just being like, go read the contract. You right. Know? right. So I think that was something that we definitely didn't have state of emergency or pandemic mm -hmm. in our contract. And so whenever I remember the day that you were like, oh, I got to update it. Yeah, I got to like, update our contract. Update it now. Like, shoot, we are getting cancellations. We need to go in yeah. and just update yeah. all of that. And so, yes, yeah, seriously, that has saved us a lot of frustration with our clients. We didn't have a ton of people cancel, thankfully, but a lot of people who backed out before signing a contract. But thankfully, with our contract being so firm and solid, we were able to just say, hey, this is this is kind of the expectation. This is this is where we're at. Now how can we, you know, add a credit or where can we go to yeah where we're not having to refund a ton of money. I think we saved ourselves a lot of yeah. frustration and a lot of loss of money right. by having such a firm contract. Right. And that's because we have a business lawyer that was able to put that together for us. Um, if you don't have a lawyer that you have put this together for you and you just make it up as you go or you Google certain terms and take some pre-written thing off the internet and put it in your contract, it's a really slippery slope. And so I really highly recommend even if you don't buy our contract template and take it to a lawyer, please go see a lawyer and have them look that over. Um, there's been being part of small business. Just know if you are new to small business, at some point you will probably be sued by something or you will sue somebody else for something. It's just part of business. Um, it's not a scary thing. It's just part of business. And so if you don't have a firm contract that holds that up, you are going to lose every single time in a lawsuit. And so Please, if you don't have a lawyer that has looked it over, please go do that. Um, before pandemic, before we put that language in there, our cancellation policy was for the one-offs. The ones that decided they didn't want to get married anymore. The one-offs that said, you know, uh, we didn't have the attendance that we were expecting for our conference. And so our cancellation policy works for the every now and then, uh, but not for the masses. And so all of that to say. Those calls at first was like, Oh no, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, we're like, we haven't dealt with this before, but yeah. thankfully we had a really solid contract before we had COVID language in there. So and now it's even, it's even more, more solid. solid. <laughs> do you want to tell the listeners what our current cancellation policy is? Yeah. So we currently offer, so let's say somebody books with us. Um, we are not able to refund. Um, it's written into our contract. That's a choice that we've made. It's not that we just can't because of, you know, technology, you can. We just wrote it into our contract. Uh, so if somebody books the contract, signs the contract, 
and sends off the deposit. And then three weeks later, they find out, hey, we have to pull out or whatever. What we'll do is we will offer the credit. So what we do is we take the quarter total without the tax. So the subtotal, and we will credit that to their account. And we have set that up for a year from their original date. So what we'll do is in Good Shuffle, we will um, basically take their previous contract, make sure it's saved to their file, which it already is if it's in Good Shuffle. Um, we will take all of the inventory out of their order. So we can go back to their contract to see what their original order was. So there's no worries there, but that way it just frees up all that inventory for that date. So if somebody else decides to move forward, um, everything's freed up. And what we'll do is we'll add in a line item that says account credit. It has the terminology of basically something along the lines of your account credit is X, Y, Z, and it is valid from July 24th, 2021 through July 24th, 2022. And then we'll send that off to the client. They'll sign off on that. Um, and then we will just mark in their file on Good Shuffle in the notes that they have an account credit of whatever. That way, if they come back, which I actually just had a client come back who was supposed to get married in 2021. It is 2021. She's supposed to get married in 2020, um, booked, had to um, put off her account credit or had to put off her wedding. So she had an account credit and she just came back in as booked. And so it was super simple for me to go back in, know exactly what her credit was, apply it to her order. One thing that we are doing that I don't think we had thought of until we started getting people ready to use their account credits. But what we do is whenever they get ready to use their account credit, they will sign their new contract and then they pay the initial deposit. That way we are already getting an initial deposit of influx of money. And then as soon as they pay their deposit, I'll go in and add the account credit so that we aren't just saying, oh yeah, just utilize your credit. And then we have to wait another six months or two weeks or whatever to get an initial payment. Um, and that has really helped us kind of keep cash kind of influx. And yeah. so that's basically what our cancellation policy is currently. Okay, I have one more follow-up question to that. If someone, say, like that situation booked in 2020 and they went ahead and paid, mm -hmm. what happens if we raise our inventory prices? Are they responsible for paying the rest? So they get, they get a totally new contract. Okay. So we don't just activate their old contract. So um, whenever I cancel out their old inventory items, they are responsible to pay the influx and okay. pay. So essentially, like if something cost $350 last year and we raised it to $375, they're now responsible for the $375. Yeah. And their account credit will just cover a little bit less okay. than what is normal. But it's very similar if you go to Target and you yeah, buy a shirt from Target at $25. You return it when you have store credit target and say a year later you go back and the shirt is now $27. You're going to be paying that $27 price. It's right. just a part of business. It's part of being um, a company that has inflation that comes in with it. So um, if someone asks or they're upset about it, we just give them the example of, look, unfortunately, there's been a lot of influx mm -hmm. in um, inflation and pricing and wood costs. If you make anything with wood, uh, you know about the wood increase. It's coming down. Is it? It's coming Finally. Down. 
Or flowers um, even. And flowers. Yeah, flowers yeah. to this I mean, any really everything, gas prices and really everything is just more expensive right now. And so you have to cover those costs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a great question though. Um, another thing that a lot of people have been asking me is, okay, so how do I market in this season? What does it look like for me to market if I'm not necessarily actually working on events or um or if my clients are just kind of questioning um and so one thing that i would encourage you is to stay relevant um first of all like we talked about earlier is do your research and know what's happening in your state in your county in your little bubble um so that you can be relevant online but also that you can be relevant to your clients because whenever you are staying relevant your clients notice and they're like, oh, they know. Mm -hmm. I have confidence. I can trust them. I can trust that they're going to offer solutions or I can trust that they're up to date on what's happening and that I, especially for our clients who do not live in Texas, who are in New York or California and their market is completely different. I'm getting calls all the time of what does this look like right now? Are people, you know, like I said earlier, are people attending? What is it? So mm -hmm. I can show up with confidence and say, yes, actually we have events. Some events, some people are doing this, some people are doing that, um, but it's helping them feel confident in that we are the experts here mm -hmm. and that they're not having to just go and Google and figure everything out. And so I'd say stay relevant, uh, be posting events. Maybe if you're not actively working on events right now, find events that go in line with the trend of the day and be posting those so that you fake it till you make it. And posting the events will spot, inspire other people to, um, you know, have the events. Share about online. Share about your past events. Yeah, share about your past events. Share about what's happening on, you know, in the events industry where you're at so that your clients can see that and feel confident. Um, I'd also be sharing events that you're working on. One thing that we like to do is on our stories is we like to share kind of the behind the scenes of what we're doing, um, how we are serving our clients. Maybe you are on site and there was a problem and you're like, oh Lord, I've got to figure out this problem. <laughs> share that, you know, it might not be something that you would post on your feed, but if you're posting it in your story, it translates as I'm solving the problem. I'm getting things done. Mm -hmm. Like, and then show the final product and people will be like, wow, she did that. Right. Okay. Or he did that. Like I know now that they are problem solvers. They were going to mm -hmm. figure everything out. Yeah. Yeah. Builds trust with your client too. For sure. Uh, one quote I wanted to share really quick while we're talking about marketing is by Richard Black from Superfly. I like that company. Um, no idea what it is, but it sounds cool. Superfly. 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 <laughs> um, he says, you build trust by reducing fear. So we integrate it into the creative. And so I think he was referring to essentially, they, he was talking about a festival, that a music festival, and they are going to have, um, what is the bear? The bear that does the fires. Smokey the bear? Yes. Smokey the bear. Thank you. <laughs> they were saying that Smokey the bear was going to have a mask on when people walked up. And so it kind of already indicated like, oh, this is a creative way to show mask. Like, wear a mask. Yeah. Um, I've also seen um, people doing really creative things with hand sanitizer and having really cool different installations with hand sanitizer. And so 
I love the idea of like, we have the ability to kind of reduce the fear and to build trust with our clients. And we can do that in a creative way. And since we are all creatives, for most of us that are listening to this pod, a podcast, um, the thought of kind of combining those two things together and getting super mm-hmm. creative with the ways that we kind of show up and kind of help people understand the expectations right. is really fun. I think yeah. it's so cool. Yeah, that makes me think of um, the launch party when we had the bracelets with the different mm-hmm. comfort levels, but the bracelets were so cute. They were like olive green, black, or like our suede brand mm-hmm. color. And it's just like a fun way because everyone got to go home with a bracelet, but it right. also served a purpose. So just embracing the rules that maybe yeah. aren't so fun and make them right. fun. Make yeah. them pretty. <laughs> you know, as a creative thing outside the box and refer those ideas to your clients. They might run with it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, what do y'all see um, that will be our clients and team's biggest hurdles as we plan for events for 2022? Hmm. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. I think... Specifically, just the unknowns that come with living in a world where we just don't know what's going to happen. And I don't think everyone realized that until two years, a year ago. Has it been a year? Is it two years or a year? It's like a it's year and a half. two years. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's five years. Feels like five years. It's been ten. I, I More think, than a year. <laughs> yeah, Okay. Two-ish, yeah. year and a half, two years, whatever. I, I feel like it kind of hit everyone. I'm like, we just, you can't expect certain things, you know? We just don't know. And so I think that's hard. With clients coming in, we just don't know where they're at and they don't know where they're at. And so I think that's going to be really hard for our clients is just kind of gauging and just kind of being okay with not having 100% confidence in that their decision's going to happen. And I also think um, not knowing where attendees are at or where they they might not feel comfortable. And so, um, again, just a lot of dealing with the unknowns and just kind of doing it, you know, and just kind of pushing mm-hmm. through and just saying, OK, we're we're going to we're going to try this. And if we have to have a contingency plan, then we'll go with the contingency plan. Are yeah. There- and this is something that um, we definitely, so as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, every December, we plan for our next year of business, um, what we want it to look like, what we expect to happen. And I know last year, if you're anything like us, you probably thought, oh my gosh, 2021, it's going to be the year for events. It's going to be, we thought 2020 was going to be that, clearly it wasn't. So 2021 is going to be awesome. By March, we're going to be killing it. By summer, it's going to be all open. And by fall, it's going to be our best season yet. And if you have been in the events industry for a minute, you will understand that that's not necessarily reality. And so um, certainly we had some fallback plans of, okay, if it doesn't end up this way, what are we going to do instead? Or how can we still maintain the revenue that we're expecting, maybe just in a different capacity? Mm-hmm. Something that we'll definitely implement into this year's planning for 2022 is having plans A, B, C, D, E, F, like so many different plans, because you can never rely on plans A, plans B, sometimes plan C. And so um, forward thinking, hey, what can we expect if our plan doesn't go as we are planning, as we all know, how can we still maintain what we need to maintain as a business? And so um, just thinking ahead, don't plan your next year like you may have planned last year or even even more so the year before. 
um, just have some hesitancies and some different plans ahead. Yeah, get creative. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that we've probably all felt this year is reduced budgets. Mm -hmm. Um, That was something that we anticipated, but something that I didn't necessarily anticipate that I think will is happening now, but I think will continue to happen in 2022 is a lot of our corporate clients are relying on sponsorships. Mm -hmm. So with the brand activations, they are relying on this person to sponsor them at this X amount. And so they already know, okay, I can plan for my budget spend to be X because I'm getting X from them. Well, we are currently seeing a lot of sponsors pull out at the last minute. And so we're having corporate clients that are having to drop out of their contracts because what they expected is no longer in front of them. And so that wasn't something that I really was considering until it happened for the first time two weeks ago. I was like, okay, so how do we work around this? And one workaround that I suggested was, okay, um, you know, is there any wiggle room in the budget? You know, where can we get you to somewhere similar to where you wanted to be design wise? That's a little bit more in your price range that you can front the cost for, or how can we, you know, maybe we start out small, um, after we've pulled back. And then if, you know, you get another sponsor, we're able, you we already have your date booked. We can really amp it up at that point and we can get really creative. You also are probably, I mean, we have felt this for a while, but timelines are gone. Like they yeah, are yes. gone. I mean, I am giving people timelines for booking is what yes, we're talking that's, about. Sorry. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, they, timelines are still on as far as yes, timelines, yes people are still <laughs> using time. Left. Sometimes they're not, Sometimes but, but for the booking, like the pre-booking in the process, I mean, it is like my event is next Tuesday and it is Thursday. Or, or my event is today. My event is today at yeah. 6 p.m. or my event is tomorrow. And we were with, when we transitioned to corporate, we were already accustomed to about four, two to four weeks. And Which is still a pretty short it, time frame. It is a short <laughs> time frame for sure. But now we're seeing like five days a day two weeks. And so getting Hours, yes. like anywhere, yes. anywhere in between getting really creative and like prioritizing what you need to prioritize. And then also feel feeling like knowing where you're at budget wise and knowing where you're at with influx, like coming in, you can have confidence in saying we can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. we just can't accomplish the six hour event because we don't have staff, which is another thing that I think is going to be an issue is staffing because we are seeing that. And I think everyone in the Dallas market, I know you were having conversations of it is just hard yeah. to get staff right now. And the reason why that is, is because in 2020, a lot of us had to furlough staff or we didn't have the hours to give some of the people who may not be as full time. And so they either were collecting unemployment and didn't have to work because they were receiving government money. Um, or they have found another job like an Amazon that pays a lot more because they have a much larger company or they're going somewhere else and, and maybe they're not even in the events industry anymore. Maybe they've transitioned to something completely different than what they were doing before. And so staffing is going to be hard. You might have new staff that you have to hire on and some of you might be blessed to have some of your old staff back to you. Um, but finding quality staff that's going to stay with you for a long time is going to be a challenge because of the last year and a half of just change in general. People have been um, 
more intentional about what they want to do with their lives. They may not want to work part-time for your rental company. They might want to do, uh, they might want to stay home or they might want to go work for another corporate company. And so um, it's going to be a challenge. It's always been a challenge with staffing, but I think it's going to be even more of a challenge um, now that there is more options and there's more work from home options than there was yeah. uh, pre-pandemic. I think also we've talked about hybrid a lot, but I think producing hybrid events is going to be a challenge in 2022 mm-hmm. of just figuring out how to do that well, how to have the in-person component really nailed in, dialed in, and also the online presence, you know, especially if your budget is tight mm-hmm. and both are going to pull from your budget. And so how to do that really well is, I think is just going to be a challenge for people. Um, okay. So the last question that I have is what trends do we think are going to dominate events in 2022? Okay. So this one, I have just been processing a lot just based on events that we've been doing in the last six weeks, but I, and Hear me when I say this, this is kind of an element of brand activations, um, but I really, really feel like the brand activations are going to be a lot tighter and they're going to be a way more intimate. And so I think with having restrictions with capacity um, in some areas and also just most activations, if it's a large company, go from major city to major city. And so they're going to be essentially creating this template of like, this is what I want the experience to feel like. And so if they were to come here in Dallas, obviously they could have a larger capacity, but if they were to go somewhere else like New York or LA or Canada, where it's 10 people, um, that's going to fluctuate. And so what I'm anticipating is we're going to see an influx in very, very curated activations that are like a complete build out of a space instead of just having like fun elements and Instagrammable moments, Mm -hmm. it's going to actually be like a very curated experience for a select group of people to really target their audience and to really kind of see more of a return on their investment for the activation. So that's what I'm anticipating. Like for the specific city too, like based on their guidelines and stuff is what you're saying rather than before you're saying there was a template. Well, I'm saying that they're going to model, they're probably going to pick the tightest city and that's what they're going to model so that they're not having to recreate oh, different, mm-hmm. it's, it'll be much easier on the planning company, the DMC that's doing it or the actual company that's doing the brand activations. That way they're not having to sit through like, okay, Dallas is going to be this and mm-hmm. LA is going to be this. They're going to figure out the maximum that they can do and like the tightest of city and that's what they're going to do. And they may be, able, yeah, they may be able to expand budget wise in like the bigger areas. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what I'm anticipating and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I was going to say one good thing for us, for rental companies is if you really just go out there and give it your all and you kill it with a corporate event or a brand activation, they may want to take you along for the ride in other cities. We yeah. have had that. We have had um, one, one in particular that has wanted to take us to multiple cities within Texas because they loved working with us. So yeah. it could really work to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. And one company saw that activation and they want to do this. Like another company came in and wanted to do the same thing. So if you nail one and you start getting it out there, then people are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I want it like this and I want it like this. So that's one thing that I'm kind of anticipating and I'm very excited about it. Like, 
Christmas. Yeah. Because that's my favorite. Inventory-wise, I feel like I've seen a lot more quotes come through for like installations, whether it's a backdrop installation. We also do floral, so floral installations, something that what we would call is a moment of impact at the event. Um, whether it goes for wedding, social, corporate, they're looking for something that makes them different. Yes. Whether it's through colors, shapes, sizes, product, something that really stands out. A lot of custom. Yeah. People are wanting to customize like things that we have in our inventory that we normally don't customize. Like, can, how can I customize? That? Yeah. <laughs> how can I make that different? What can I do to that? That makes yeah. that different. How can I change the color of that sofa? Right. You can't. We can buy you a new one. Right. upholsterer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we can't turn that, you know, blue. <laughs> That's a little difficult. Yeah. I also think, again, the trend for next year is going to be very last minute and very quick turnaround yes. times. So I think you're going to have to figure out if you haven't already figured out how to do that well, sit in these next couple of months and really figure that out because yeah. I don't think that's going to go away. Yeah. And Meaning your logistics process, how do you get your um, staff scheduled real quick? Mm -hmm. How do you get your inventory loaded? If it's not cleaned already, how do you get it cleaned really quick? Um, if you don't have trucks or if you have trucks, how do you schedule those as quickly as possible? Like we said, we're getting certain quotes that are hours away, days away. Um, it's rare that we're seeing like weeks or months away at this point. Yeah, it's weird. Whenever I have yeah. a six months. We're like, are you sure you meant, you know, <laughs> like, three months from now? Or are you really meaning like three weeks from now? Um, so just understanding the logistics process so you can quote someone, but what are the steps that make that happen? Yes. After. And that's going to set you up for success and really diversify you from your competition because people are going to see that you are able to accomplish it and they're going to tr be able to trust you. I keep saying trusting, you know, all of that, but it's real. Like I cannot tell you how many clients that we have just pulled together really quick and they're like, I can't. You will, I will never book with anyone else because I know that you can do it. And I try in that conversation to say, well, reach out a little bit yeah. ahead of time next time. Maybe like a day before. I really, that would really be helpful. We can figure it out, but it would be really helpful if you can't. Yeah. We also included uh, about a year ago, two years ago, we have a last minute feed. Um, that quick turnaround. Yeah, feed. quick turnaround. Um, and it's a percentage of the order. I believe it's 20% 20. 20. of the order. And that is for any project booked within five days, five business days. Um, and so that helps also alleviate some of that internal tension of... And it kind of teaches your clients, hey, yes. if you book within these amount of days, you are going to expect 20% fee next time. And so it might teach your client, hey, yeah. Six days. six days before. <laughs> Just make sure you book on the six day and yeah. not wait because yeah. the next day you're going to get the quick turnaround fee. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other trends that you can think of? Not that I can think of. I would just say get really used to those last minute orders. Um, figure out inventory wise what you want to put in your inventory. I know that we've taught it on Rental Biz Academy and we've taught it a couple times here. Um, but reach out to some of the people who are reaching out to you and ask them what they want. Ask them what they're looking for. Um, ask your clients. Put it on your social media. Um, gathering that information from the people that book from you is going to be really helpful when choosing what you do want to offer next year. Yeah, I have a running list of any time a client says something on our post survey or says something in our client conversations. It's like, oh, I really am looking for this. I have a running list of like, okay, whenever we're getting ready to buy, I know 
this has been asked five times. Mm -hmm. This is for sure something that we want to add. Um, We are going to talk about this on another podcast episode coming soon, but something just to be putting on your radar, you're going to want to increase prices. Yes. Like you were talking about with inflation of everything, it's so important that you are thinking through right now how you're going to increase prices to be profitable, but also to make you margin to be able to kind of add a little bit of a safety net. Um, So I am really looking forward to talking to you about that because October 13th, October 13th. Okay. Get ready for October 13th. (laughs) We are actually on Friday um, going through and are going to be increasing our prices. So Fun time. We're going to teach you exactly how we're doing it right now, what we're looking at, what's trending, how we figure out what to raise it to. Um, so come back in October. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good. this has been so fun talking about what we are seeing in the events world. Again, we are no expert on COVID. We're no expert on um, what is happening, but we can just tell you from our experience what our clients are doing and what you might be able to see happening in your city soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Bye, guys. guys. Bye. See you next week.